Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Linux Advantage broadcast, where, we'll, where we're going to be talking about the latest Linux and technology news, uh, especially in regards to, to gaming as well. Uh, my name is Luke, and with me is my good friend Jonathan, and uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and, and jump right into this. So uh, I think the, the, the big topic for today we have here is uh, talking about uh, Fedora and the future of it. So there are some very exciting things that have, have come up recently in the last few months. Uh, Matthew Miller, the project lead for Fedora, actually went out on, uh, on Reddit to talk about how uh, Fedora Rawhide, the kind of almost rolling release, unstable version of Fedora, as it is known, uh, will actually one day soon become stable. Uh, so stable and such that uh, it sounds like it'll probably be comparable to using either Arch Linux or uh, OpenSUSE uh, Tumbleweed. So, uh, yeah, Jonathan, what, what do you think about that? Definitely is interesting to see. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I keep reading in there uh, and Reddit uh, different people have different opinions about it. But uh, yeah, that's really different to see because even though they, they move with versions pretty often, uh, they don't wait until the releases to update certain versions of programs. But, but, but definitely um, for some specific programs that we want, like let's say um, uh, like Steam or, or, or recording software or editing software, uh, editing videos like he did in live, uh, they put the, uh, the versions and they can go through them pretty fast. So that'd be great for us. Yeah, especially as a, as a gamer in the, the fast pace of like development of, of Proton. I think this oh. is pretty huge because one of the reasons I went with Manjaro in the first place for, for my gaming laptop was I, I simply, I needed... Uh, a lot newer dependencies to reliably run the stuff. I needed the new latest uh, Mesa, uh, latest NVIDIA drivers, System D even, um, and having uh, a stable rolling release is it's kind of fun living on the edge. But you know, I I don't I don't want to be too much on the edge. Like I don't I don't want my stuff to be breaking. So if they, if they can promise me a little bit of stability. Uh, I'd, I'd be up for trying it, even. Yeah, I mean, even now, if, if you, let's say, um, Steam release version, for example, 3.x, and just release it today, they have been pretty uh, good about the updating versions. So it'll be like a week, maybe two, or maybe the same week um, that it was released, you will see a new version. Uh, the most interesting thing about it is at least I work a little more with RPMs is that you can download the source RPM and just open it and, and look how they package it. And you can download the software in there, uh, point it to a latest release and then just repackage the RPM and update it yourself. If you're like, you want it like right now, which that's what I've done when I'm trying to record some of the video games and this version just came out and they haven't done it. And it was a good learning experience though to do it 
using uh what was it? I used mock to test it. Yeah, yeah, it was mock. Okay, so you used mock to to do the build of the RPM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um that that's a pretty smart idea, and it's it's nice that you know we're looking at a, a future in the near future that you won't have to do a lot of that dirty work. And I, for one, I'm, I'm all for like ease of use. You know, I've, I definitely, I, I love tinkering. I, I'll always love computers and all, uh, but there just comes a point where it's just nice to have things that just work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because uh, it goes to a point that uh, since we've been in IT and it's so far, and us tinkering and learning new things is what keeps us passionate. But it gets to the point that we're always fixing stuff and or or, or changing stuff or fixing what other broke. And it gets to the point that they, like you say, we just want it to work. We just like, okay, okay, I updated or made this change. Just please work. Either be my fault or somebody forgot something, just work. <laughs> <laughs> like, like your patient goes down to to nothing. And and hopefully uh hopefully we'll be reaping uh all the benefits of this soon. So I, I guess it's uh just kind of a wait and see. Uh but I, I'm pretty optimistic about this. And uh kinda going along with this, uh there's actually it's been mentioned um again on this on this ask me anything thread on reddit uh for matthew miller but also has been recently published on the fedora magazine about how fedora silver blue will become the uh the default workstation so uh kind of moving people over to this more futuristic idea of of all your applications either running in uh containers or or through flat packs and then having the the operating system managed by uh, RPM OS tree, which is very similar to how Android and Chrome OS work, where you have a, an AB type system of upgrades where there's two partitions, you apply the update to uh, one of them, you reboot, you load up the new partition, and hopefully everything works. And if it doesn't, then you just point to the old partition. And uh -huh. that's interesting. So basically, like updating your kernel, you reboot, it selects the latest kernel, it break. If it's broken, you reboot and select a previous one. Hmm. Yep, yep. Um, it's it's uh, just through the uh, command line arguments for the kernel that are given by like grub or your system deboot. When you uh, load up, it, it points to um, what is, what is actually like a commit hash. It's, it's actually more similar to a Git repository where every time you install a package, every time you update your operating system, it saves it as a commit. And then you can just revert back to any commit that you want. Okay, let me add that to the list to try Super Blue. Because right now I have the Fedora KDE which is what I mainly use for work. Uh, but I heard, uh, I've been hearing more Super Blue and other use point a little more. Yeah, I'm going to try it because it, it probably makes a lot of more sense with all this gaming stuff that we're doing. 
Yeah, I I have I tried Silver Blue once, and this was back when it originally came out, and there wasn't any documentation. There's a lot more documentation now than there used to be, but I I still think it's lacking. Uh, the Fedora team has come out multiple times to say they don't have many people part of their documentation team anymore. So um, community contributions are always welcome there. And uh, if I ever give this another spin, which I think I will this year um, with the next release, then I, I'd like to see if I can even try to add some documentation. Because uh, I think the biggest problem is for me at least, is the concern that if something breaks on my system, I might not be able to fix it. So as long as there's there's just proper docs on where to look for things, because there's there's a lot of weird sim links, there's a lot of read-only file system stuff. So when, when you need to edit something, it's not very intuitive. It's not what you're used to in a normal uh, Linux system. Okay. And also note they, so with Fedora 30, which is the, the current latest release, they added initial support for NVIDIA. So uh, you can you can now actually, every time there's a kernel update, it'll recompile the NVIDIA driver. But a big problem they had is that it didn't work under X Wayland. So if you're running Wayland and you need compatibility with Xorg, say for instance, Wine, then you simply could not use your proprietary NVIDIA driver. So as a gamer, that means you just have to use Xorg or else you can't game. <laughs> so th this, is, this is something they're going to be addressing in the next release in uh, Fedora 31. So uh, I definitely think for, for all the gamers out there, uh, Fedora 31 will be the release to try. Although that, that being said... Yeah, yeah. I, I do have an NVIDIA card myself, but uh, I am hoping to switch to AMD in the near future, uh, especially with the, uh, the, the RX 5700. looks so promising. I would love to upgrade to that and finally get on the VR bag, right, bandwagon, help support Valve, get the Vive, um, not the Vive Index, the Valve Index, and uh, experience some uh some games like minecraft and vr i think would be cool to see all my builds in person yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna i want to change to amd also cpu too but <laughs> last year i finally upgraded my gpu from uh gtx 755 to a 1070 so it's been a long time it's probably been like four or five years since the last time I upgraded, so I'm gonna wait oh, a little man. bit and just squeeze the juice out of this one, then then probably go in AMD next time, uh, like you were mentioning. Yeah, I mean, we got the the seven nanometer hype and praise right now. You can just upgrade when there's five or three nanometer <laughs> chipsets out there. <laughs> see uh so yesterday uh i was actually trying to manage my my music and i was just trying to do a simple thing such as uh syncing syncing my music to my phone to my android phone and um this didn't work too well and i had a feeling it was because i was using 
uh, flat pack application. And um, yeah, I, I, I was using Rhythmbox and uh, I installed the native version, the non-flat pack version, and that it detected my phone without any problems. So that, that right there kind of gives me some, a little bit of reservations of having things in flat packs and is something that makes me a little bit hesitant on uh, jumping onto the silver blue bandwagon. I, I think it's something they will address in the future, but, but still there, there comes to a point where the flat packs focus on isolation seems to hinder the usability for the end user. Mm-hmm. I, I, it seems like they're always, they're constantly working on that. I, I don't know if there's any um, open bugs or workarounds for that, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's something we should bring to Flatpak developers' attention. Because... Um, have you tried using app? I, I I used a little bit the flat packs, but what I believe I touched more were um, app image, and there were some, for example, the PS3 emulator, um, the the build out for the Linux they use app image, and the mm-hmm. cool thing is that you just download it, uh, mark the file like you can run it as a script, and then just run it as a script, and the UI comes up and everything. Uh, those the time the few times I use them they've been able to work uh, awesome but I'll have to try um, flat pack and see what's what's the difference and and see what where it's going yeah app images are, are really great I feel like they're the first kind of incarnation of this whole ability to run your Linux application not having to worry about dependencies now, I think in the past, I have personally run into problems where uh, even though most of the dependencies are bundled with the app image, some weren't. Either due to licensing or technical capabilities, they just weren't. And so it's it's been kind of a pain in the ass to get it to work when it doesn't work. So... Uh, at least I think Flatpak has going for it is the fact that the isolation is great for security. You know, you don't have to worry too much about being compromised. And also it's um, dependency management, I think is pretty excellent where it, it has the list of environments and other tools it may need to run function properly. And then you can just download them from Flathub or wherever you're your flat pack repository is. Yeah, one one thing I I hope is that uh, we get a consolidation because I think I think it's silly that Canonical's working on snaps, Red Hat's working on flat packs. I don't even know who owns app image. I don't think it's any particular um, any particular like Linux distro supporter, but just in the desktop space in general, I just wish there was consolidation. Like yeah, it's just it's, uh... resources to to have to package your 
your application for, for Debian, for Fedora, then also provide a flat pack, also provide a snap, also provide an app image. I mean, as a developer, that just seems annoying as hell. Like, I don't want to deal with that. I just want to make my freaking application and I just want to give it to users to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of, one of the things that first I, I asked myself as well. I believe the first I came across was app images and then I was like, what's Flatpak? And then, and then when I used Ubuntu, uh, I ran across their version and so far, I, I, when I get out, when we're done talking, I'm going to try to see if I can find more flat packs and try them out. But I, I, the images, compared even to the snaps, the images were just easier. When you installed the snap, it was just like installing an RPM or dev, and then install all your applications in some location that you have no idea where the configuration files were. Although that was <laughs> yeah. back in 2017, last time I tried them, but... Oh yeah, uh, I was installing OpenStack on using their Snap on Ubuntu. There because of their OpenStack version, and I was completely lost. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, they they've tried to simplify things with Snaps, but I think in in some ways it's actually had the reverse effect that they were hoping for, <laughs> and being a little bit hard to manage and. Uh, people to install. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think the biggest one I gotta try for that for those types is see if they have all of that for Steam. Uh, Steam can change pretty frequently depending on the industry. Like when I saw Arch Linux and Majoro, sometimes running Steam wouldn't, for some reason, would have come up and it wouldn't break. And sometimes it was because of the issue you mentioned earlier when you updated your Nvidia drivers and the kernel, did, kernel didn't build, um, build it correctly and it booted you to the default video drivers that comes with the OS and then you're wondering yeah. what the hell is going on. <laughs> Why, why Steam is not coming up, and it's because, uh, as far as I know, Steam's tried to find your your video card drivers first, and if it doesn't, then, and then you got to open up Steam from the command line and see what happens, and kind of try to figure out, or just reboot like 20 times and hope this time it loaded the, the <laughs> kernel with the drivers. <laughs> That's something yeah. that uh, it has been getting get better lately. Uh, uh, I remember what, like 2016 or maybe 15, it was a little more complicated and annoying. And sometimes when the the, the beta drivers were packaged into the RPM, there were some issues that the kernel wouldn't build them because they missed something or there was a bug or something. And then you would have to wait for them to put out an update and then finally it rebuild it. But it, it's it was a little annoying trying to figure out for the first time Nvidia um, drivers, how they work. At least when I tried it in Ubuntu, they had that option that you could just search drivers, um, click the version you wanted, and it did it, everything in the, black, in the background. And so you didn't have to worry much about it. Uh, at that time, I had better success with Ubuntu, but now, now all of them are pretty good about it. Yeah, 
thank goodness. Because I, I remember I, I would have switched to Linux a long time ago. If it weren't for that, that like that that simple problem you just explained, the fact that I could not install my drivers easily and reliably. You know, there's there's always bound to be problems. You're like guaranteed to have problems. And you better have those forms bookmarked in a backup computer to help you troubleshoot. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, th thank goodness for, for modern times. And, you know, e even still having NVIDIA drivers, every once in a blue moon, I still run into problems where I'll have to try to restore my system or revert back to uh, like a previous snapshot or something. So yeah. I... Like I, I can't wait to go get an AMD graphics card. I, I already have for my processor the uh, the Ryzen processors are just such incredible value. I mean yeah. the fact that I have like eight cores and sixteen threads all in the budget, that's incredible for me at work where I need to spin up a ton of virtual machines for testing stuff. And um, yeah, I mean the the AMD drivers are all open source. I, they do technically have like a proprietary version that gives you a few more bells and whistles, but you can, you can get by in the open source one. So the fact that you can just buy a brand new graphics card, stick it in your computer, and as long as you have the latest kernel, you're fine. Uh, like that's, that blows my mind. Linux has come a, yeah. come a long way. Thank you, AMD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, need, I need to plan it because I, I need to replace at least for the CPU part, I need to find another motherboard and then change everything. So <laughs> that's gonna require some investment. Plus, I need to uh, the desktop that I had the the case is broken and that's cosmetic. But and then I had a tower for the server that I had to leave behind. So for me to rebuild my two computers right now, I had to. Uh, Buy two cases, and right now I don't I don't care about fancy stuff on the case. I could get just something like thirty dollars, but I just gotta find one that I I know will work, and I don't have to go back and forth and return it. I'm gonna <laughs> spend some time bench. here looking over new egg and see what works, or so in the next couple of months I could try to find one. Right now, the the part that holds the motherboard, the 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 part that holds the motherboard would did you screw in all of that broke so oh, i have to i had i had the desktop laying down on the floor not standing up so the so i could use it in the motherboard and everything turns on <laughs> plus the door is broken completely shattered so i wow, feel like yeah. my my first few day um first time that i bought computer parts i bought uh, uh, acrylic um, glass um, case that was all plastic, but it was like clear completely, and you could see mm -hmm. the internal parts. I think at that time, back in what were we talking about, two thousand seven or two thousand six, that was pretty cool back then. Hey, I still think that's kind of cool. One of the requirements for my gaming computer when I last built one uh, about a year ago was I had to have uh, an acrylic glass on the side. You know, I want to be able to look at my computer and be like, yep, look at those cool electronics. Like graphics card, sure. that that glowing red AMD uh, fan. Oh, so satisfying. 
what I'm trying to do. Uh, uh, a co-worker, uh, a friend um, at Slack linked me this whole desktop. I think it was, it was like, what, a uh, hundred something dollars? But it had RGB lights all the way in the front and it was, and the tower is probably like, what, like maybe a, uh, a feet tall or something. And then in the front of it had a whole screen that you can put anything you wanted. So it could be like hmm. a, a bunch of RPG lights or Pac-Man coming up and moving around and stuff like that. That's been something cool to do. Man, yeah. Having having flashy computers nowadays, nowadays seems to be all the rage. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey man, um, let's uh, let's talk about um, Fedora thirty one. You know, we've we've talked a little bit about kind of the the future of of Fedora, more of the the further away future, I guess. But um, yeah, Fedora thirty one is is kind of around the corner. So Fedora has a new release every like six months, and I think we'd expect this one uh, around October ish. Towards the end of October, and uh, there's there's quite a bit coming to it. I'm I'm pretty excited. Uh, you know, so, some people say that uh, Fedora releases can be boring, but really, it's it's all about improving the user experience. And I think every little bit of of polish that they do is is fantastic, and everyone benefits because. And this being a community project, everything's kind of upstream, and a lot of this gets to uh, trickle down into the other distributions as well. Like uh, Ubuntu, for instance, uh, with their next release, they're now going to have Flickr-free boot, thanks to uh, a lot of the work from uh, Red Hat engineers who are working on the uh, Fedora project. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think it's for anyone who's using uh, an Intel uh, graphics card, just kind of built-in integrated graphics card. Uh, there should be no weird flickering during Grub. Uh, it'll just be nothing but smooth transitions. That sounds great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, more cool changes so we can keep being able to do more cool stuff. The biggest thing uh, you mentioned before that I, um, I'm excited is uh, I had to look more into the Super Bowl and see where we can go from there with that. Yeah. So uh, some some Although interesting. I'm still things. sitting here waiting to see when the Raspberry Pis are gonna figure out their whole shipping thing and fix the USB thing and <laughs> finally. Hopefully, hopefully this come out soon. <laughs> send them um, over here to the US side so we can get some. I know you can all go to the UK stores and probably get some, but I don't know how fast they ship them or if they're going to take time or what. Yeah, just got to play that waiting game. <laughs> Not patient. <laughs> Well, speaking about being patient, there are uh, there are a lot of people out there who prefer 
uh, Gnome 2, also kind of known as uh, Gnome Classic, and uh, Gnome 3. Is a lot of people much prefer that kind of styling of the desktop environment. And I, I completely understand. So like the traditional, you have a start button, you have applications menu, your task bar, um, things on, on the desktop even. Um, that's how it was in, in GNOME 2 days. So it seems like the, the GNOME developers have really been listening to a lot of feedback. And uh, well, we're in, you, in GNOME 3, latest version of GNOME, everyone's running. Uh, if you try to open up the uh, kind of start menu, it opens up uh, probably one of the biggest interfaces that people complain about, where you have these giant icons for, for your apps. And it's, it's very touch friendly, uh, but some would argue maybe not desktop friendly because of that. So now uh, in GNOME Classic, it will not have that. You will, I, it sounds like you will have your traditional kind of start menu again, which I think everyone will be uh, oh, pretty pleased about. Yeah, I, I, I started with Linux maybe uh, in Ubuntu version eight or nine and it had gnome two and i always love it and that's what i use uh uh nothing i got to well if you prefer the gnome now that's fine but i like you were mentioning i just like it you can just click the tab bars and, and change it around and it was just simpler i didn't like that you click on the side and the pop back and pop up but then you have to search for the applications and things like that i just i just wanted it simple yeah. So I use like Ubuntu Mate or or right now I use KDE because I like the interface on there. Yeah, KDE is is great. I like um I like how it gives you so many options. At the same time, I also don't like how it gives you so many options. <laughs> <laughs> I sure yeah, I've been the UI so much. Yeah, it's always different and there's there's arm there's a lot of bells and whistles i i think i mean definitely like overall um cinnamon i think is is my nice balance of things which is is probably similar to to mate as well but uh, a little bit more modern in focus so uh some other cool things we have uh coming coming our way um uh, Linux has had fingerprint scanner support for a long time, but uh, the developers of Fedora are actually looking into uh, better ways of uh, implementing this and getting it upstream into the kernel as well, so that all the uh, latest laptops, so their fingerprint scanners can work. Um, and there, there could be some uh, possible integrations with, uh, with GNOME as well to, to hopefully make that a better experience for, for setting up. Uh, we also have some exciting things like uh, what what is it basically equating to uh, Fedora will be able to use a bunch of open source uh, codecs for both uh, music, like audio and video transcoding. And so now just available or in Fedora 31, there's going to be packages available to make it so that you can pretty much listen or watch any kind of media file you want. And you finally won't have to worry about proprietary, proprietary uh, 
codexes, which it's it's kind of huge for Fedora because Fedora has always been about you know this we are the open source operating system you know we 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 don't support proprietary stuff not not in our default repositories and now they're they're at a point where they can actually um, provide a lot of missing features people have been complaining about for for years. Yeah, I think that's that's that that hits hits it on the nail because uh, anything Debian based or Ubuntu based had that option for a long time. Even I believe Arch Linux, Manjaro, and what's the other uh, and 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 had that option that when you install it, you can install proprietary applications just because a lot of them are useful, even though we are the open source way and we believe the open source way is just sometimes you have to use them because they, like NVIDIA, like you gotta just, you got a video card, you gotta install the driver, you got no option. You don't wanna play video games with the default one, man. You gotta be like the two, two FPS and might as well throw the laptop away or something. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um, that's one thing that it was interesting in those little installers. And now, I think I think on, on version what was it twenty nine or thirty, it it didn't have that Fedora didn't have that option to install it. But later on, you can pull in the the UI software center and you can pick the repos and install the ones you want from there before you had to install the, the repository, then install the application from, without doing that, uh, I believe you can do it right now, but what you mentioned, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I'm not I'm not much of a, I don't enjoy proprietary software, but some of them are are useful to you. Yeah, and, and as a gamer, and when you think about it, every game we play is proprietary. Like, you, you can't get around that. <laughs> Uh, don't get me wrong. There, there are some good open source video games out there. I mean, shout out to the Tux Kart. I mean, open source Mario Kart with GNU characters. How yeah. hilarious is that? <laughs> yeah. I I love that. And they they recently added um, online play support for that this this past year or so. So uh, man, I I'd like to try that out. We we should play sometime. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's been a while since I've tried to run that up. Uh, yeah. I, and they have it in Steam too, right? Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what happened with the Steam integration. They are trying to get on the Steam workshop. I workshop. I d I don't know if it ever went if they went through with that. Oh. That may have to work out. So uh talking on the lines of uh of media support. Uh, it looks like we might also be getting um, Miracast support in in Linux and in the upcoming Linux, um, the upcoming Fedora 31 release. So what this translates to is basically a built-in Chromecast. So now, just from your desktop, you you should be able to uh, either share uh, should be able to share Windows um, like an, like an application. And uh, send it to your your TV or, or whatever your monitor device is that has a Chromecast attached to it. And me, I I use my Chromecast all the time. Can't imagine life without it. And sometimes it's just so darn useful. 
to just Chromecast a video up there from my from my computer or um, like a presentation even. So I I normally when it comes to, to media, VLC three has support for Chromecast. So I, I just use that. But if there's desktop integration, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I know sometimes right now it's a it's a hit or miss to be able to do it. And yes, uh, yes, please, just just yes, I want to be able to stream this without having to find my HDMI uh, <laughs> cable and hope, or find my phone and plug into the HDMI to the phone and be able to put something on the TV, or spend like a hundred dollars to find. Uh, HDMI cable that's wireless to go that has a receiver to the TV. It's just there's so many options. I already had Chromecast. Just, <laughs> just let me do it. Just make it easy. Yeah, and, and thankfully it, it will it will be a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. So one of the um, one of the things that people might consider to be uh, negative. And I just I just want to clarify, people should not be scared of this. Uh, Fedora thirty one. Uh, it sounds like they're going to be deprecating Xorg, so the um, kind of a I don't know if uh, display manager. I don't believe that's the right term for it, but basically all graphics in in Linux kind of rely on um, normally using this Xorg server to to render things out. Uh, well. Uh, both both Red Hat and Canonical have been working on on Wayland for a while now to provide kind of a a modern API interface to make it easier for developers to uh, kind of make their graphical applications, uh, as well as uh, building it from the ground up with security in mind. So uh, a one graphical application can't hijack and run another one. Uh, Wayland also doesn't need to run as root. So that's fantastic. That's not a huge security vulnerability right there. So towards this future of uh, no more Xorg, it is being deprecated, but fear not. It, it is fully supported in, in RHEL 8. Um, and, and Red Hat Enterprise Linux 8 will be supported for 10 years. So don't expect Xorg to go away anytime soon. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, uh, the developers of xWayland allowing legacy xorg applications to run Wayland, which is essential for stuff like Wine, uh, they're they're working a lot on making sure that uh, the compatibility is there as as well as the performance, because uh, especially for gaming, there there's been uh, reports of of hits in performance. Uh, mainly on NVIDIA drivers. And so that, that's something they've finally fixed. You can now run your proprietary uh, graphics uh, using xWayland. So uh, I think it's as good of a time as ever to, uh, to give Wayland a try and, and push for that being kind of the future protocol for this. Yeah, I need to, I need to try Wayland now. Last time I read, KDE started doing some stuff, and I believe they're halfway through it. But I haven't tried um, their options that they have with KDE, so I sh I should download something and install Windows so I could try it out with Wayland 
maybe uh, maybe check if any of these pies you can use Wayland on it or or maybe install it on a laptop and see. I know it's a it's gonna make a big difference in the future. I just haven't been I read the news and the last few years I've been trying to catch up, but they there's so many going on and issues that I was like, I just wanna log into the computer. I don't wanna try to figure out because this is some this is one of the parts that I'm not good at, the UI and trying to figure out that part. So I'll let I'll let the experts do it more and then but now that it's starting to come together a little better, I'll go back to it and see how it goes and report things that come up. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I'm I've been in the same exact boat. I've had my reservations about Wayland, uh, and it, and it seems like with with the next release of Fedora and uh, it by association, you know, future um, operating systems, Linux distros. Uh, I think it's it's about to become the time where uh, that we all give Wayland a serious try. Yeah, definitely. And uh, last but not least, uh, what I found as one of the most interesting things is uh, we are now getting uh, official support for uh, game mode. So game mode has kind of been a community project started a few years ago by a bunch of gamers who wanted better performance out of, uh, of the machine while gaming. So um, similar to how Windows 10 has like its own kind of built-in game mode that optimizes uh, the operating system to give uh, resources and kind of best performance to your video game, uh, this does the same in Linux. And so you can tell it what applications should be getting priority. And then uh, when you have game mode on, it sets certain kernel settings and um, changes uh, priorities for, for the process of, of your game to make sure that uh, it's, it's going to run the best that it possibly can. Have you tried that in Fedora, or you tried that in Manjaro, or? You know, I've I've actually never used it, um, but I've I've heard of it, and I'm I'm very curious to see how it actually works. I I have watched some YouTube videos where people are claiming uh, a boost of, um, I I might just be making this up, but I I think like ten percent or, or more, so I. From what I've seen and heard, it, it only helps. So why not give it a try? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do then. If I could get a, a good internet speed so I could download some freaking games, I was trying to download <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront so I could play with you only five gigs. And it was telling me it was going to take a day. Yeah, man, you got to figure out your internet problems because that's a big problem. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm trying to see if I could get some uh, ubiquity um, antennas and and then hook it up to somebody that has internet and let lets me use it so I can send the signal over here like ten miles out. <laughs> if you ever do something crazy like that, you might have to talk to the FCC. <laughs> Ah, uh, man. 
every time I had, I heard the FCC, I reminds me of the American Dad episode of the FCC trying to tell them what not to do on TV. Screw the FCC. Uh, that... Oh wait, hold on, never mind. They might block me in here. <laughs> Take it back. Let's get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be careful what 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 you say, man. Um, yeah, I, you know, Star Wars Battlefront is kind of like the perfect game to play on Linux. I mean, it's it is one it is like one of the the first like 10 or 20 original titles to ever be labeled as proton certified by steam <laughs> yeah and it, it it just works you could just play everything it's so much fun even though the graphics might be a little older but it's still fun the the, the replayability it's just it's just there it's so fun yeah i I tried playing the new Star Wars Battlefront too, and you know, for me, it just it just doesn't compare. It's just a very different experience. Don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I do enjoy the new the the graphics on the new one, but yeah, the oh, way you yeah. play, incredible. The way you play it is like like playing COD, and somebody hacked the server and it gave everybody better attack points or something and you get one shot that's how i feel trying to i know i'm terrible about a front but that's how i feel when i try to play the new one yeah it's all about battle cards which are are so hard to get and and so hard to keep track of because there's like battle cards for every different character every different vehicle and i i mean i don't have much free time in, in my week so when I when I play a game, I I want it to just work. I want it to be equal battleground. And you know, the original Battlefront two kind of gives you that. You already get the customization of, of the different the different classes. And then, I mean, you can the the better you perform, you know, you can unlock those elite soldiers that have special abilities, better guns. Um, but even better than that is. If you work hard, you unlock the the Jedi or the bounty hunter. Yes, nothing that... behind DLCs, nothing behind waiting for them to put out. Say, hey, we got finally we got Droid Decas, which recently a couple of months on the latest Battlefront they released Droid Decas, and I'm like, this Battlefront had it since the game came out. All you had to do is, like you said, <laughs> get enough points, or or if you're playing the campaign or or one of the battles. Uh, use points to buy the, the the soldiers, but that's about mm-hmm. it. You just win like a couple battles, and you make enough points to buy those, and then you can use Rodekas after you kill enough people. And the heroes, you don't have to do wait for DLCs or somebody say, hey, oh, oh, what was it last year? General Grievous, you can use General Grievous, and I'm like, oh, you have him here already. It's been, <laughs> it's been, he's been there all the time, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's such a shame. It seems that they they prioritize the fancy graphics over the actual gameplay, which you know, I I I don't know. I've I've honestly have lost faith in EA as a company, but you know that's okay. We have the original Star Wars Battlefront too, and we'll always have it. I mean, I and it was made by Lucas Arts. So, <laughs> rest in peace, Lucas Arts, the best game studio known to man. 
I mean, even so many old games that were great, yeah. not just Star Wars. They made so much yeah. of all the games too. They they were incredible. I loved everything that came out of Lucas Arts. They're all they're all great, family friendly, and and they were so innovative. I I remember um, Star Wars Dark Forces. I believe was oh my, I, that's what I was just thinking, man. That's what I was thinking. I'm like. I'm gonna download yeah. it because the game is probably like 200 megabytes. It shouldn't take me a day, and then I can shoot people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, because I believe back the... it on, on the ROM back in the day on Windows ROM or whatever it was. <laughs> Man, yeah, my my brother he had he had the game on a ton of different floppy disks, <laughs> And, and we had like a really bad computer, so it's it's fascinating to go back now and be able to play it with like max settings. <laughs> what what's it what's it? Dark forces or similar one that you start shooting and later on you become a Jedi and you can use a lightsaber. It's uh so um, dark forces is the, the first one in this entire Jedi Knight series, and I think there was like. Four, four or five games, and so the first one, there's no lightsabers. It's uh, it's Jedi Knight Dark Forces Two, is the name of the sequel, and that's where all of a sudden you get to play with lightsabers and force powers. Uh, I see. And uh, I, I don't, I don't know if it was, it was that one or, or the. The next game, I think it was called like Star Wars Jedi Knight, where they introduced like multiplayer, and not just that changed the world. And to, to be able to play with lightsabers and and guns and uh, stormtroopers and and whatever else online, that was just incredible. <laughs> yeah, um, Jedi Academy was freaking awesome because you can Oof. you yeah. play uh, supposedly Luke Skywalker's apprentice, then Cal Katan. And then mm-hmm. later on, you can decide to go light force or dark for a uh, dark side. And if you go to the dark side, you can kill card cutter and, and things like that. And then cut limbs off. And oh, that, that game was so awful. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, as a as a kid growing up, that was one of my favorite games of of all time. As I thinking back now, actually, I probably spent the most time. On, on that Star Wars game out of any Star Wars game not including Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I yeah, the the fact that it gave you choices and you could affect your outcome, I that just blew my mind. I didn't I, I never thought of that as like a gameplay mechanic, but that adds so much more depth that you get the feeling of you yourself being in control, and that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and the good thing is they keep adding mods and things to it that you can do whatever you want on it. Yeah, we were just checking out the uh, the uh, movie duels mod for uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight. It's it's being remastered now, so it's it's got new graphics. We're adding new characters, new maps. It looks incredible. Haven't tried it yet, but uh, we're gonna have to make some time this weekend. <laughs> the force is not strong with me with this internet. <laughs> not at all. Oh man, you, you know, 
Oh, uh, I just okay. So so Star Wars Galaxies, I've, I've played the number one most amount of times. I think Jedi Academy was number three because number two on my list is Knights of the Old Republic. I think I played through that uh, like almost ten times, and and every single time yeah. I always had a different outcome. Like the way the characters reacted to me, my abilities, my my weapons, my armors, my stats. It's just no matter how many times you play it, you just always get a different, unique story, and it's so fascinating because you're like, holy crap. I've never had that dialogue before. I've never. I wish that they make they still make Star Wars games like that for RPG. Oh yeah. Oh wait, are you talking about the new latest Old Republic MMO or the original ones that were story? Original. I I played oh, the MMO. Yeah. It, it it was all right, but um, yeah, you, it was. You can't you can't really compare it to the. The actual Knights of the Old Republic series, the the one and two, is just holy crap, dude. Those games. I mean, as far as like my favorite games of all time, uh, Knights of the Old Republic has to be on the top three. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the best thing is the number two. You can play on the Linux out of the box, and it works fine. It's supported and everything. I know the first one, you you gotta use one and all this stuff. Yeah, I was so excited when I heard that announcement. But I I refused to play the second one without playing the first one first. <laughs> so I need to go back to that. I need to play them more. It just the game is so good yeah. that you got so many options. You can spend you could spend like a week at it, maybe a month playing that game. Man, yeah, and I, that's probably part of why I haven't played it yet because i know it's such a, a time sucker <laughs> so many responsibilities and i can't right now yeah yeah once life calms down a little bit then then we can play oh man you know for with the second game i i remember i i played through that one a lot too i i played that at least five times and um I, I remember seeing like on the map and stuff that there would always be like certain places that were like obviously supposed to be places you get to, but just didn't end up in the game. And uh, ha- having looked into that back in the day, there was people were saying like, oh yeah, they had to rush Knights of the Republic 2, which sucks. So there's like a lot of unused yeah. content, but they left the unused content on the CDs, on the DVDs. So um, a bunch of modders have have brought it back to life with the restoration mod. And uh, that's something I've never done. It's it's high on my bucket list to do. Because I, I want to go through experience. There's supposed to be, there are cut characters. Uh, there's a cut space station, a um, bunch of cut areas. Uh, possibly some new weapons and and yeah tons more story okay as soon as i go get out the force uh, the uh this i'm gonna go <laughs> get marvel's universe for the switch and i'm gonna download knights of the republic again because you got me hooked on it because last <laughs> year i was re- i was replaying it and for some reason i stopped oh uh, i'm the type of guy not just for any weird thing but i play both gender 
I play as a dude and I play as a as a woman. And sometimes some people find it weird do playing as a woman. So uh Hey, that's I, fine. So we're making that we're making fun of me at that time, so I was I stopped playing in for a while. But now nah, do whatever you want and enjoy your games. Play the way you want. <laughs> but yeah, man. I, I was I was bringing up Knights of the Republic because I I was thinking of you struggling with your internet connection. All you gotta do, go to Starbucks, get a frappuccino, download Knights of the Republic. And you won't, you just, you won't need internet for the next few months of your life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll be just in there and then make sure I download all the mods because I think it was number two that they had a uh, workshop and they had so many mods. Like you can add more faces, more haircut, what was it, uh, makeup or clothes, just a bunch of things. Oh man. Yeah. I've, I've never played modded KOTOR, never played modded Knights of the Republic and now at my like day and age, I, 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 I'm definitely a PC gamer. Love PC gaming. I, I should say, I'm not a PC gamer. I'm a Linux gamer, dude. Representing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's like one of the reasons I love PC games is because of mods. And I've I played with mods a little bit like growing up, but but now I'm way more interested because it's like okay, yeah, I've I played a lot of these games. I know what they're like. But it really makes it way more interesting when you add mods. It just it makes it feel fresh and new again, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, this this I, I went through Steam, and there they even with Proton or not, they there's a lot of native uh, Linux games. But one of the problems I noticed, and sometimes it's just that the way they make the Linux builds are not as uh, efficient as the window builds um, due to different reasons, the whole uh, Linux versus Windows, the whole GPU driver, the whole how they make the code, how much they mm-hmm. spend on it, how much they're experienced using Linux. We're experienced in Linux, but uh, honestly, I can't really tell you a lot about making more efficiency in GPUs or, or 3D graphs because I try to learn that. I'm, I'm, that's something I haven't been able to, because it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, lot, lot of knowledge, like trying to build a game, it's a lot of stuff, but I do yeah, understand, I mean, but that's one problem that we, we run to, and so some people try to use Proton or Wine, because even though it's, you're on Linux, and they have a Linux grill, the, the version on Wine or Proton still runs way better. Yeah, I think, I think the latest game that I heard about where that situation occurred was Rage 2 or something like that, where they, they had a Linux build on, on like day one, but it just, it worked better in Windows. And, and then I think like Borderlands, a, a, a different situation where the, the DLC was only available for Windows. So the Linux people were what? like, I, I paid for this game. I, I think they are bringing DLC to Linux. It's just it's taking them more time to, to actually build it and make sure that it actually works correctly. So a lot of people are just playing it through Proton right now because <laughs> they're, you know, they're impatient. They, they pay for it. They want it. Which I, I completely understand. You, you like Borderlands? Hmm? You like Borderlands? 
Uh, I do, I do own it. Uh, I have played the first one a little bit, but uh, you know, honestly, it, w- it wasn't something that that I really got into. It it's the type of game. Well, when I played the first one and somewhat the second one, I was fine playing alone. But then, as you play more, or probably because we were experiencing different things, the Borderlands game becomes better when you have like four people playing at the same time or three people. Um, the story, the way the game is, it doesn't matter what it is, but to my experience, it's probably more fun and less boring because there's a lot of quests and you go from here and you go to the corner and you got to go back. Probably a little more fun playing with people, more people. Yeah, I, I think you could probably say that about most games. It's just, I, I mean, growing up, I, I, I enjoyed just playing games by myself, but like, now as like yeah. an adult not not seeing your friends too often just because we've all gone our separate ways or or our colleagues live you know across the country it's it's different because you like don't have that as much of a social aspect or socialness to your life where you're like man i i'd love to just play play games with people and then you, you get the best of both worlds you get to hang out with your friends and you all just have you get to have a blast together. That that's why I love I love Minecraft and, and Space Engineers. Um, those are just fantastic games to play online. Yeah, definitely. I just I, I I still still love a lot the single player campaign or single playing games, and a lot of games lately had just forced you to use playing multiplayer. And there's a lot of games that don't really need it, but I still enjoy, enjoy boy, but sometimes, you know, you just don't want to play COD and hope you have a good shooter and you just want to <laughs> play by yourself because you don't trust the people you randomly playing with. Yeah, I I can always appreciate a good campaign or a good single player mode because you know sometimes I only have half an hour and you know I don't I don't want to deal with waiting in the lobby. I don't want to deal with getting destroyed by a bunch of little kids or whatever game, <laughs> you know, because it's going to happen. You know, going back to like LucasArts, that was, that was such a perfect comp- combination. I and mean, once, once the internet kind of became a popular thing, all of their games, especially those Star Wars ones, were just so great. You had the campaign was such a compelling and interesting story. And yeah. then you also you love the, the combat and the mechanics of it are, are fine and intuitive. And then it just they just make that available for you to use on, on multiplayer. So you can you can just jump in and just you know have that, that limb cutting off action and, and use all those force powers and it's just it's just a ton of fun. Yeah, exactly. And then you even had to depend on somebody. Like, let's say in, in Jedi Academy, you reach an area where you're fighting a lot of Sith or dark, dark, um, dark side users, and they're all jaggling on you, and you try and kill them. But you're playing multiplayer, and you depend on other people to back you up. But it's probably better if I fight alone than to wait for somebody else to try to help me. <laughs> Unless you know you got a uh, uh, somebody you you can play with frequently and trust them, but if it's a random person, they probably let my arm get cut off. Oh yeah, yeah. You you can't trust anyone except your friends. 
Well, hey, man, it's been real good talking to you. And uh, you oh, got me, me you got me so excited to play some Star Wars games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm about to set this up so I can download them. Yeah, man, go go download your, your Star Wars games. I know you also are going out to Best Buy to get that Marvel game. So, <laughs> so please enjoy that for me. Let, me. let me know how it is. I hope it's not raining bad because it probably is. Oh, it stopped. Okay, good. <laughs> Oh, funny you say that. It started storming here as soon as you said that. I heard lightning or, or thunder. Oh, it's storming over here, but it stopped. I oh, and then I saw lightning. <laughs> it's getting crazy. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. As always, oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, we'll, well, until next time. There you go.